Educators want to stay fresh with literacy instruction, but are so busy with students, they don't always have the time. All year long, Choice Literacy publishes and delivers the best K-12 literacy practices so that educators can grow their students as readers and writers with choice in literacy. Welcome to the Big Fresh Choice Literacy Podcast. I'm Ruth Ayers. Appreciate the beauty. To appreciate the beauty of a snowflake, it is necessary to stand out in the cold. Aristotle. As I write this, the world around me is cold and white. Snow piles on snow piles and muffles the usual weekday sounds. It is reminiscent of the winter days of my childhood. On the third straight day that school closed, in a way that can only be attributed to serendipity, I stumbled across a very old quote by Aristotle that was new to me. To appreciate the beauty of a snowflake, it is necessary to stand out in the cold. Every day you will find me outside. It doesn't matter the weather. I have the gear for any that will come my way. In the last year and a half since getting my puppy, I've been intentional about standing still and seeing what I see. What I see is unexpected beauty. I've developed a new appreciation for my corner of the world that I used to dismiss as dull and deficient. I've challenged myself to attempt to name the color of the sky, noting that it is never the same color as the day before. Here, in the Midwest, the sky is alive and invents new colors. I stand in the cold and sweep Aristotle's words through my mind. I look and find a snowflake. I take time to see it and appreciate the beauty. It would have been easy to miss I could have been too busy and overwhelmed by all that needed shoveled and cleared. Instead, I stood in the cold and appreciated the beauty around me. It's something we can do in our classrooms as well. Stand and appreciate the beauty. This is easy to do when everything is going as planned and students are on task. But what about when we're feeling disappointed or frazzled? Aristotle would tell us to stand out in the cold because there is beauty to appreciate. This week, we look at offering feedback to writers. This is not a new topic, and yet the content is fresh. It's because our contributors spend a lot of time in classrooms and schools. They stand among students who are learning and growing as writers, and they appreciate the beauty of the process. I'm sure you will find practical ideas to uplift your feedback to students and energize them as writers. Plus more, as always. Ruth, I was so excited when you sent me this week's Big Fresh and the curated collection. I enjoyed reading it so much and your lead about that importance of just kind of stopping and appreciating the beauty of things is always a good reminder as I sit here and look at the snow, which is quite beautiful, by the way, Ruth. Um, But I really, really uh, love the way that sort of got me right into the mood to read all the articles because really I felt like this week's collection was about kind of taking that pause, listening, 
and being able to really think about what the person beside you is saying and appreciating that and moving from that piece. I was excited about this collection too, uh, Kathy. I think one of the things that I noticed really bubbled up in this uh, collection of articles is there's a lot of downloads. Like there's a question list that I shared in the free for all and an article that I wrote a few years ago. There's some people's conference forms. There's just a lot of downloads or printables that people can use to to put these things in action. And so that's pretty exciting, I think, um, to be able to give those offerings to teachers to use. You know what else I'm thinking, Ruth, as you say that um, also very timely, because one of the things that struck me as I went through the content for members, there's a lot of things there about how teachers are reflecting on the way they keep information as they listen to kids and sit beside children. And um, I always think it's so helpful to look at the way other people collect and put things in order and ask questions. And so those downloads, really taking a look at those and thinking through um, how could I use that or what does it make me think of is always such a great way to, to think about what we're doing and to be able to be more efficient too and to be able to use that information to better plan forward. Yeah, well, Mandy Robeck has um, a download. Uh, She's our featured contributor here in February, and she wrote an article about just revising her form that she keeps for writing conferences. And I really enjoyed just the reflective nature. She shares some of the things that inspired her to make changes, and then she shares that conference form that she's using. It is a form per student uh, is how Mandy has that set up, but it's, it was a thoughtful article. And um, I just appreciated seeing that and then comparing it to Bitsy Parks has a brand new article um, and it's a three-part conferring system. You know, Bitsy has been teaching for a little while. She teaches people Um, she teaches how to teach. And I loved her system. I thought she has really uh, simplified it and it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, I really, reading both of theirs, that's a really good contrast, Ruth. I'm trying to think about it right now. And I think that really what both of them were getting at and what struck me was, you know, we, we're all looking for that sweet spot of being able to collect the things that kids tell us and that we learn in that side-by-side conversation and being able to use that feedback to help us move our writers forward. And the articles that begin in the free-for-all section really kind of helped me to think about that listening part and how important it is to be ready to do that good listening. So Carly Almer has the article about consistent feedback and writing workshop. And I felt like um, Carly is a middle school teacher, I believe. And she talks about how she manages finding the time to listen to kids and give that feedback in a situation that as spending most of my time in elementary, Ruth, I always marvel at how middle school and high school teachers are able to manage that time and give kids the time they need. And I think especially the time they really need right now. And so she had some great ways to read her kids writing and to have conversations with her writers and to give them feedback and to help them to give each other feedback. I really loved that ownership piece really was shining in that article. 
I thought that was super powerful in Carly's article too. So we always, you know, if we're talking about feedback to writers, of course, we're thinking about conferring, but Carly cracks open some other ways to make sure that there's consistent feedback in workshop. And she is a middle school teacher. Um, and as I was reading it, I was like, but this is, these are kinds of uh, routines that could really be in place in any writing workshop. And thinking about how not just to get feedback from the teacher, but for peer-to-peer feedback. And the article is really about creating routines in order for feedback to happen. And so it's a great one that I was super excited to share in the free-for-all section. Well, and speaking of free-for-alls, I'm sure that uh, talking about your own articles is probably never easy, Ruth, but I really enjoyed your article about conferring questions. Um, from the lead, when you're talking about how when you first jumped into workshop, you had this list of questions that you would carry around. And I think you said carefully cut out and glue and 100 other pieces. And it just made me think of that process we go through and trying to find the best way to begin those conversations as we sit down with writers. And you really simplified across time and shared with us the way you moved in moving from those questions to really being there for the child that was beside you and really doing that listening. And I loved your statement um, about moving from moving to asking what writers are doing versus just kind of listening to their story, learning more about them as writers. And you give some great tips there for being present and listening and knowing your writers and the decisions that they're making. Thanks, Kathy. It's a little bit, um, it was an article that I wrote a few years ago, but I was looking at that download. It's a conferring question download. And I, you know, I was thinking, is this still true today? And I was like, absolutely. This is, this is really the heart of my conferring uh, today. And I think that it's powerful, but I do remember, you know, thinking if I just had the right question um, that, that the conference would unfold and it would be magical. And now what I know is the magical part is really getting kids to talk about what they're doing as writers. We're so quick to talk about what we're writing about. And I think oftentimes then because of this, just wanting to respond and wanting a conference to go, then we begin talking about the topic. But really the point of a conference is to help kids become better writers. And so these questions help um, help steer the conversation so that it's about the work that kids are doing as writers. And so the first one is, what are you working on as a writer? And just adding that as a writer totally reframes kind of the response that we get from kids. And then um, I chuckle because if you if people will open the download, they'll see there's questions. But after every couple of questions, there's this phrase that says it, it's tell me more. And I've put that phrase down several times because I do think that's just those are the magic that's like that's the magic bullet right there. Tell me more that when you don't know what to say back to a child, rather than answer asking another question, you can simply say, tell me more. And often that response, the, the tell me more just angles us and possessions us to teach, teach really specifically in our conferences. Ruth, it's so funny. I feel like everything you just said can be seen. Um, one of the great things about choice literacy that I know I sometimes I'm so appreciative of, no, I'm always so appreciative of Ruth, is that there are the articles. I really enjoy reading the articles, but then you also have the downloads 
there are also the videos. And so in this week's member collection, there's a video of Dana Murphy with a fifth grader in a writing conference. And I feel like that writing conference is everything you just said. Like I was so struck. I love watching Dana when she confers with kids. I would watch a hundred of these videos of her, but it it's always the student first. And if you watch her, like um, the child that she's sitting beside leads that whole conversation. And all those things that you just said are present in that video that we can watch and access on the Choice Literacy website. Yeah, Dana is really remarkable um, to watch. And I would encourage anybody just to pull up that video. It's short. It doesn't take very long to watch it. And there's, there's so much. And just watching like, what does Dana do and what does the child do, I think is a really healthy um, way to, to drill into conferring. Uh, we also share, it's a brand new quick take video from Christy Rush Levine. And she's sharing this system that she has for um, passing papers, but also for like keeping feedback private to kids is a mailbox system that she describes that she uses in her room. And I thought it was a, was just a great, um, another routine or procedure to have into place in order to make feedback happen. Ruth, I felt like the collection this week really gave me so much energy. I found it very energizing. And there was also an article in here about giving feedback to energized writers by Josie Stewart and Hannah Tills. And I thought it was such a good example of the things that we can do as teachers as we're sitting beside kids to give feedback and bring energy to our writers because that's another piece at this time of year in February. Sometimes our kids can be losing their energy a little bit and to be able to bring that energy to them. And I felt like this article, um, I think they share five different ways that you can really build that energy with your writers. And I was so appreciative of that at this, at this point in time in the year. I'm excited for Josie and Hannah's voices on the site and yeah, just several different ways to think about energizing writers. They've got some question lists there for us to think through and um, it's an excellent guide. Well, and speaking of energy, can we talk about the leaders lounge this week? Oh my goodness. All of it, Ruth. The article by Gwen Blumberg this week, Coaching Through the Student Door. I'm so fascinated by this time that we're in in education. It has so many hard parts for everyone, but I think we're also getting so many gifts that we don't even realize that we're getting right now that it will be interesting to see when we come through this where we are. And I think this article is the perfect example of the gifts that we're giving because she talks about how tight teachers' time is at this time and the way that she's trying to figure out how to work through it. And she creates these opportunities to share ideas and strategies, but do it in a way that teachers can use it and see it. And um, she created some videos that were kind of student-facing videos for their situation. But I just think about as a teacher, what I might learn as well, watching her do this. Um, fantastic. 
It is fantastic. And also on the site, there's um, a link to one of her videos. So she's talking about the way she shares an asynchronous mini lesson. And then she shares that lesson also on the site. So it's just a really great one to dig into and something that I think coaches all around. It's, it's a way that we can, it, we can do the same thing in our corner of the world too. I think as well, another thing that we can do very easily is your video that you shared this week where you're talking about a coaching minute, um, the power of a stopwatch. And you really just talk about all the ways as coaches, we can help teachers by kind of keeping time in what it is that they're doing. And what I really appreciated, Ruth, you were talking about how so often teachers have you collect times of how long does it take for me to have this mini lesson? How long do I spend in this conference? Uh, how long do I wait when a student asks me a question? And I just think it can be so helpful to have that extra set of eyes as a teacher. I can remember having coaches come in and do that same kind of recording. And sometimes it wasn't what I thought it was, you know, like it was less time than I thought. And sometimes it was more time and I needed to fix it, but it's such a concrete way to have a conversation. And so I appreciated the teacher centeredness of this, but also how applicable and easily applied it is in the work we do. And I think it's one of those things that's, that's easy to forget, right? Like it's easy to forget um, this strategy when we're coaching. I'm just sitting here thinking about how going through the articles in the Choice Literacy Big Fresh this week and then looking at the downloads and taking the time to watch the videos, Ruth, how all of it for me this week really was so energizing. And I hope that as people stop by and read and listen to what contributors have to offer, I hope they find that same energy in the work as they continue in the work that they're doing in their classrooms. I do too, but Kathy, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we close up, and that's this week's book club. Um, oh my I goodness! Am so excited yes. about Mandy's pick. Have you taken a look at it? I have. Oh my goodness, it's such a great pick, and I'm so glad that you we didn't let that one slip through our fingers. This month, Mandy Robeck picked Unbound: The Life and Art of Judith Scott by Joy Scott with Bree Spangler and Melissa Sweet. Oh, this book is a fabulous new read. Uh, Mandy, she shares this book talk on the site and I would really encourage everybody just to click on to the Choice Literacy site. You can go into the book club and Mandy has a book talk of this that shares a little bit of the story behind it and why she picked it. Mostly, though, she's just been so struck by the impact it's had in her classroom. So I think that this will be a great one for us to read together this month. And I hope that there's several people that will decide to join us. Ruth, like like you, I hope that teachers will join this conversation. When I got this book in the mail, I was so excited to receive it. As a teacher, I could just think of all the ways I could use it. And I've taught in a lot of grade levels, Ruth, and I could think of all of the ways it could be useful. I feel like as a coach, this might be a book I would carry in my bag with me to have because there's so much here. So I hope teachers will go to the Choice Literacy website, find the information about the book club, 
join us and share how it's working with their students in their classrooms, because I think this is a book that has a lot of potential for us as teachers. And I would just love to hear the way people are finding it useful and the way kids are responding to this story. At Choice Literacy, we know that you want to be an educator who makes students' lives better through literacy. In order to do that, you need access to comprehensive literacy practices delivered in a way you will actually use. With over 150 in-the-field contributors, we understand the pressure to reach a variety of needs and not enough time to do it, which is why we hold true to workshop tenets like choice and share practical ways to plan and deliver literacy instruction straight to the point of student need. You can find links to all of the articles discussed in the show notes or sign up for the Big Fresh so you can have the links delivered directly to your inbox. Keep growing readers and writers by offering choice in literacy.